This is season seven of Sessions, an impossible comeback story. This podcast is brought to you by Hustler Casino and PokerAds.us. This year, we play the game smarter, with more patience, and we keep a close eye on those who have stood in our way, those who have infringed upon our journey. Doesn't matter how long it takes, we're going to make it across that chessboard. And when we do, we're coming for you, Nits. Every last one of you. Week 6 of 50. Dion Sanders. The Session. Everyone who has signed up for $4.22 a month or more at patreon.com slash DGAF poker player got a couple private drops of sessions earlier this week. One Monday, one Tuesday. Those drops automatically showed up in their favorite podcast players due to some amazing technology called RSS feed. Basically, once you sign up on Patreon, you click a few buttons and voila, you get all my content. Well over a thousand hours in total at this point. Delivered right to your favorite podcast player. And each private drop, one per week at least, automatically gets delivered there as well. You also get membership to Patron Discord, a place that enables everyone who signs up to discuss various topics, including this podcast. It allows them to play poker together, bet sports together, buy pieces of me when I play on stream at no markup, and more. Anyways, let's check out the lineup for Max Payne Monday, February 12th, 2024. In the one seat, a man who has been crushing. This is Crazy Drew. He's been an incredible heater for months on our show. He loves the one seat, um, and, and he's back. He was sick the week before, but he's back. Seat two is your protagonist. Well, some people know me as Dragon Man, but... For, for for these purposes, DGAF. Seat three is Lulu, a rising star on Hustler Casino Live and my other stream, DGAF's live poker show. The first time she played, she sniped and didn't talk. And I told Raver, who sent her to me, uh, if she doesn't change in her second appearance, that'll be her last appearance. She's changed quite a bit. She's very social. Um, she's action. And she's becoming... As mentioned, a star. Seat four is Karen. She's great. She originally played on some lineup that I didn't make because I was in Vegas for the Chargers Raiders game. And she was very loud and funny. And she's also action. And and we're going to get her on stage from time to time for sure. Seat five is DK, the GOAT, the Max Payne Monday GOAT. The guy who calls just to try and uh, put a bad beat on you, put a hot one on you. And uh, he won a shit ton the week before. Let's see how he will do this time. C6 is Shrimp, another person who gets it. This is a poker show. Does stuff for the chat pros. Uh, goes all in the first hand, dark every time thus far. And really understands this is a show. This is not some poker game to come snipe. And, uh, yeah, that's shrimp. He loves a six seat, and he gets it. Seat seven is Kevin LAX. 
This is someone who found his way up on stage by playing at The Hustler in the 5510. The game I host at 1 p.m., Monday through Saturday. Um, and just a nice guy and, and pretty good action. And the first time he came on stage, he was super action. Shit. Um, I forgot to turn my ringer off. But sound guy, what are we doing here? Uh, shit. Fuck. I can't figure out how to do it. Uh, let me just... I apologize on behalf. Uh, I'm going to say doing my podcast. This is this is the inside look at a game runner and a host trying to do a, a bunch of jobs at once. So I apologize on behalf of my sound guy. Most people know... He's got a lot of issues. His name is Silent Sound Guy. He drinks a ton. He has gotten into all sorts of drugs. Um, and, and he's a sex addict. And he's got other issues as well. And, and the main thing is he forgets to turn off my phone and my alarms and all that. And uh, yeah, so... Apologies. The show must go on. Where were we? DK, Shrimp, we already did that. Kevin, LAX. He was crazy action the first time he played. And uh, seat eight is Nick Vertucci, co-owner of the show. Um, you know, the one guy who's allowed to play tight because he owns the show. And it's worked out very well for him. Seat nine is Fadi. And Fadi's a dude who lives on the central coast. He plays at a casino called Outlaws. And... The owner, or at least GM of Outlaws, is someone that's a patron, and that's how Fadi got connected, and he comes down for a week every so often, and I think I'm going to take my show up there uh, for a weekend at some point, or, or a week, a couple days during the week, and uh, shine some light on Outlaws Casino in, in the, on the Central Coast. So that's the lineup. I apologize for that phone call. As mentioned, my sound guy, he's blacked out on the floor. His belly's hanging out. He's got, I don't even know what's all over him. It looks like ash, like cigarette ash. His nose is red. I apologize. Okay, let's get to the session. I've been running very, very, very poorly. I've been on a big downswing. I was doing very well until... I made that trip out to Las Vegas for the Chargers-Raiders game, and I ran poorly out there. And, and those games honestly suck balls out there. It's not that everyone's so great. It's that they're so fucking nitty. And, um, you know, if you're trying to, to you know, play hands and stuff, you're going to get sniped. And also, I, I ran very poorly out there. I got it all in with jacks against Queen-9 offsuit. Someone just had enough of my shit. And... Uh, Ran twice, I believe, and got scooped. And that's going to happen from time to time. And I, w I was really worried that I would start a downswing just because it was like that ugly feeling of, man, everything's going along so well up in L.A. And you go out to fucking Sniperville, Aria, and Bellagio, and you get sniped, and you run bad, and the floor sucks. And uh, it, it did. It turned into quite the downswing. 
when I got back to LA and then I went back to Vegas, uh, Christmas night. That was, uh, I was my own worst enemy that night. I, I just pulled off some pretty strong self-sabotage. Um, and yeah, I've been, I've just been running poorly and downswinging and you can see it on my face. It's not, I'm not a rich guy that, that is, you know, runs bad in poker. So he takes a break or, uh, you know, Mike X has run bad for a while and he seems to handle very well. Well, he's incredibly accomplished in life and I'm not. And, um, you know, on stake and in makeup and, um, I got off to an ominous start. I limp dark the first hand. I know shrimp's going to go all in and then it depends what the people in front of me do. Um, and then it depends what my cards are. If I'm going to call, well, uh, Vertucci called and I had Jack seven offsuit. So I folded and DK, DK ended up going all in too and tripled up. So good start for him. Ominous start for me. And, and not just that hand, but, but I'm going to tell you about it. Um, I uh, call a raise with Queen 10 against Fadi, and it comes Queen 5 deuce. He bets, I call, turn deuce. He bets, I call. He's betting small. It seems like he has a pretty weak hand, um, and he bets small on a, on a brick river, and he has Queen Jack. So he outkicks me by one, and really, given his sizing throughout, I think this is the, the top of his range, and he beats me by one point with that kicker. That is tilting when, when you're when you're trying to snap out of a downswing. I had said in the private drop at the end of the second private drop this week that I'm going to try and play my B-plus game on this day. I typically try and play my B-minus game. That's that's real. Um, I, I know how to play poker very well. Um, but it, I try to tone it down because of how good the game is that I'm in. And I don't know. It makes sense to me and... In five years, it'll make sense to other people, maybe, and they'll, they'll be telling me about it. And I'll say, oh, that's a great idea. But anyways, when you're on a super downswing and, the, and these guys are crushing you and hitting and running and leaving you with all the bills, fuck it. I'm, I'm going to play my B-plus game, and um, sometimes it doesn't matter. I just uh, I had a three-bet in front of me, and since you know I bought in for 4K and now it's been whittled down, I can't call the three-bet cold with King Deuce of Clubs and... Anyways, a bunch of people do, and I would have flopped the second nut flush against the third nut flush. I would have won a huge pot. And um, Drew, Crazy Drew, had three bet with pocket sevens in, like, middle position. And, and this is the butterfly effect, and it goes both ways. People do weird shit that either costs you a pot or earns you a pot, and you're going to hear more about that. But, um, yeah, I'm just kind of card dead. The action's insane. I raised with ace three suited. Bunch of people call and then Vertucci limpy raises to fifteen twenty. Okay, I'm not I'm not continuing with Ace Three suited there. That's like most of my stack. Um, no, I fold. He had he had Queen Eight, so just weird stuff is happening. And he ended up doubling up uh, Lulu on that one. She had a short stack, which is, was part of the reason I thought he he would be stronger there with that move. But uh, I don't know. At least he's given action. And then uh, I call. Four three of clubs, and I have to fold to the huge squeeze. One thousand, I believe it was seven deuce, and seven deuce made a boat, and I got to pay on top of losing. And it's a very tilty start for your protagonist. Um, 
I added 4,000, and then I raised the next playable hand I had was 1080 diamonds. That's a good hand. I raised the came 655 with a diamond. I continuation bet. Multi-way, I, I don't mind this at all. Um, two people snap called. In fact, they called simultaneously. Karen and DK synchronized calling with their hand. It was, it was interesting. I don't know if the camera caught it, but they both called. Okay, well, these two people aren't folding to me. Uh, let's just pick up some equity. The, the turn's a, a deuce, and it's not the deuce of diamonds. Just give up. They each had, um, it was actually 6-6-5, six, six, and they each had a 5, and DK had 5-7. She had ace-5. He hit a 7. He's off to a hot start. He got value from her on the river. I'm down 4,600, and it's time to make a good play. And I'm going to take a sip of coffee. That's always a good play when you're, when you're podcasting, and I'm going to tell you about this play. I really believe in momentum in life and at the poker table and when you're when you can't win a fucking hand or a session dig deep and do something fucking out of the ordinary and maybe that'll get you going let me take a sip of coffee and i'll tell you about it okay so it's 128 27 that's the timer we're on a 30-minute, uh, after a 30-minute intro. So we're about an hour into the show. I'm stuck 4,500. I've been, I lost 16K the, the time before. Um, and then I lost 15K at the Lucky Lady. And yeah, it's just fuck. Fuck this shit. I limp in with Jack Five of Diamonds. This is the good play? Yeah, it's, it's, this isn't the real good part of it. But yeah, this is a decent play. Limp in. Uh, you want to get in there. You can do stuff post-flop and, and, and that is a lot lower variance than, than pre-flop, obviously. What's well, a five-way limper? So we're playing 10, 20, 40 with a $20 big blind ante. Five ways, that $20 ante makes it 220 in the middle. Nine, seven, four, one diamond. We all check. Turn is a nine. I don't think anyone has a nine. I bet 100. If someone calls, I'm going to bet more on the river and sometimes i just take it down right here and sometimes i'm just setting up i'm getting value for my bluff sometimes someone will call me with a draw hopefully miss or or maybe they'll call uh, more likely they'll call with a weak hand and, and then uh, get blown off the pot on the river well two people called this is good and bad what's good about it or what's bad about it well you got to bluff two people on the river. Yeah, you could hit a jack on the river. That would be that would be fantastic. Um, it's likely that someone has a seven and on uh, nine seven four uh, nine. And so what's bad about it is that it's it's likely that at least one of your opponents has a seven, and that's a good bluff catcher here. And what's good about it is that it's going to look stronger when you bluff. And the river isn't my favorite card to 10 so someone that could have had a draw made top pair so i can't i can't pussyfoot this bet now there's 520 in the pot it checks to me and i dig deep uh, yes i have a terrible image in general i bluff more than anyone that plays on any night of the week on any fucking show i just am actually very very balanced with my bets in terms of bluff um, versus value. And, you know, obviously, I'm not balanced in all ways, but I bluff more than anyone. So, 
that's not good. But I am taking my time on this night. I'm not talking a bunch. When I'm talking a bunch and rushing through stuff, I know I'm giving stuff away about my hand all the time. That's part of the B-minus shit. I'm not trying to be fucking Jesus Ferguson up there doing the same thing before every single decision. No, that would drive these rich dudes insane. They'd be like, fuck you. I'm not playing on your show anymore. No, uh, but desperate times call for desperate measures. So I'm actually focused on this night. I want to play my B+. I dig deep. 520 in the middle. Okay. Well, I remember on the turn, Kevin called, and then Nick really didn't seem like he loved his hand when he called. And Nick's behind. Nick is leverage against Kevin. So I bet $1,100 into $520. And maybe if it's heads up, Kevin calls, but it's early on, and he wants to do well, and he's got Nick behind him, and he doesn't know what I know about Nick's hand, probably because I've just... I'm very good at picking up on stuff that Nick's hand's weak. And so he folds the seven and Nick folds the four. And it's a nothing burger of a pot. But what it does is make me feel good inside. And that is very important when you're at the poker table to feel good inside as opposed to feeling icky. As opposed to feeling like you have this monkey on your back digging his nails into your trapezoids. And that's how I felt for a long time. And that's how I feel on downswings. And that speaks to my financial situation and being in the game way too long and playing way too many hours. I played more hours than any three people you know probably. Probably played 60,000 hours of live no and hold'em at this point. Something insane like that. And, and when, it, when things go bad, it gets spooky for me and I feel that, that ickiness. And well, when you get one through like that, it, it's a little less... It's like that monkey, um, you know, relaxes his grip on your neck a little bit. And it's just a nothing. It's not the money. It's, it's just absolutely nothing in a game of this size. And this 10, 20, 40 plays big. Um, but, but it just feels good. And then I three bet Crazy Drew with pocket queens. And I've been running queens and the kings and kings and the aces. So you're always like, what am I going to do if this guy shoves? And, you know, because people shove with ace-king so much, and I'm probably calling. But he doesn't shove. Okay, that's good. He doesn't have me beat yet. Flop comes king, five deuce with two spades. I have the queen of spades. He checks. I can bet small here, but I prefer to check back. I prefer to not... Um, he, he's, he's such a, a creative player is crazy Drew, that if he check raises, uh, I can't really fold my queens. And he could, it's just like, I, I prefer a check back and that's going to frame the hand and it's going to cut it down to two streets instead of three streets. And the turn is another spade and he checks again. Okay, now I'm pretty confident my queens are good. So if I'd bet the flop and he called or check, I wouldn't know, but now I know. So sometimes, sometimes, you know, I think that the general rule is to always be betting on the flop. But here I really liked checking back. And and now I can just go for value. And I bet 800, um, which is about half pot. And he calls because you have to get value from something. And 
and it's going to be hard to get value from it. When you three bet and there's a king out there, it's going to be hard to get too much value from a hand like tens or jacks, which I suddenly am pretty sure he has. Okay. So just bet 800 and then we're not very deep. So then put a brick on the river and I'm going to go all in and he's going to have to call. Well, the, the river is a queen. So I river a set when I didn't want to make a fucking set because I know it's now two overcards to his pe pocket pair. So I just bet 800 again and he called with jacks. And I think it's, I think it's max value. Um, and it's taking your time and thinking and not just going, oh, wow, I have a set. I almost certainly have the best hand all in, which you see people do all the time. They have a great hand. They go all in. And it confuses me sometimes because it doesn't make sense for value against what my range should be. But, but you know, it just makes sense for, damn, I got a great hand. Let's put all the chips in. And, and that's the level a lot of people play on. And, and I need to do better at accepting that, that. Your all-in makes no sense because what can I call you with? Therefore, I'm going to call. Oh, you just have the nuts and you just you just jammed it in there because you love having the nuts. And it worked against me because I leveled myself. Anyways, um, then I made a straight against nothing and things are turning around slowly or quickly. <laughs> yeah, because now um, I make another good play. And before I tell you about it, I need another pug of this Pete's coffee. I'll make sound guy a coffee after this and hopefully he's alive. I think he's alive. Oh yeah, I can see his belly going up and down. Okay, so here's a good play at 135.35. So just a few minutes later, I have a little momentum. I see DK open and I just sense he ain't that strong. He ain't that strong. And someone calls, and I squeeze with King Deuce of Spades. Why? I think King High is good, and I'm ready to play some fucking poker. I'm not always ready to play when things are going well, and I'm not paying attention. And well, then it's like well, there's it's going to be super high variance. I don't think it's going to be that high variance here. Um, I just feel like King High is the best hand, and and I'm happy to put more in and, and isolate him out of position, even though he's been winning a ton against me. King Queen Four. I go ahead and continuation bet that he calls. Turns a king, I just go ahead and bet real quickly again. Because I do bluff all the time, I don't really need to, like, uh, you know, slow down here. And he, and he makes a speech and calls. And then the river's a queen for king, queen, four, king, queen. And he puts 3K out there out of, out of turn, which is kind of interesting. And I say, Magic, what the fuck is that? Like, is he bound to call? Like, because this is kind of a little tiny angle. And, and Magic says, no, it's, it's nothing. And so I want to make that clear because if he's, if he's bound to call and then I go all in, you know, or, or if I, sorry, if I don't clarify, if I just go all in, then he might pull it back like, oh, you knew I was going to call and you went all in. So I fold. So I, I wanted him to call me with a queen or ace high, um, but I, you know, or just any like, I just wanted to just, sometimes he calls me with jack high. And, and yeah, I didn't, I didn't think he had ace high. But I really wanted him to call with a queen, uh, mostly. And he did. And, and now I'm up 5K, just like that. And mostly in that hand. So pre-flop, I really like to squeeze. The continuation bet is easy with top pair. 
turning trips is beautiful. That was that was a nice bet. And then the, the river was a little tricky because he put his 3K out there. I had 3,300 or something. He put 3K out there before I acted. And if I don't say anything, if I just go all in and it's not binding that he calls, well, now it looks super strong for me because I think he has to call or he's calling and therefore he can just pull it back because he knows I must have it. But when I say, Magic, what, what's the deal? Does that mean he's calling? or what? And he says, no. Well, now it, now it allows me to be balanced when I jam. It's just a little tiny thing that comes with being focused. Um, I fold a flusher on a paired board after it got raised behind me. And uh, it was clear that uh, Lulu had at least trips, and she did. And, and then at 143 is my actual best play. So... I'm winning. I have not been winning. I'm winning. And Fadi opens to 320. Little 8X. Never hurt anybody. Did it. Okay. What, what does 320 mean? It doesn't mean a, a huge hand. It can mean a mid, mid to high pocket pair. Like 8's the jacks. Maybe, you know, 7's the jacks. It could be the bounty hand. Do 7 offsuit. It doesn't mean much other than that. Well, when you know you're playing against that limited of a range and you're in position and you've got some momentum and that monkey is not making your neck bleed currently, you can get in there with just about anything. Um, can't get in there with any, just about anything in any other position, but I'm on the button. Queen, five offsuit, call. Let's see a flop in position. Well, pick up two more callers. Okay. Lulu called and Danny called. All right, but we can still play some poker. Get a fantastic flop. Ace, queen, queen. Two hearts. Um, they checked to me, and I bet $800. I flop trips. I'm not going to slow play. There's two hearts out there. Um, if anyone has an ace, they're not folding it. I'm the guy betting in position. Lulu calls quickly. And Danny hesitates and ships for a min raise. This could be anything. And um, Fadi folded. He had jacks, so he had what I thought he had. And you're thinking, well, why does Queen-5 offsuit do well against Jax? Because so many boards can come that he can't call. <coughs> that's why. Ace, Ace or King out there, he can't call down. So that's why. But Danny ships, I just call. It's, it's reopened. I could put in a 3-bit, but here I am with trips, no kicker. That would be an overplay. Lulu calls. I think she has a Queen as well. She could have an Ace. She could have a flush draw, but I think she has a queen. The turn's a king, and, and Danny's all in for the main pot. There's no, nothing in It's a dry side pot. King. Okay, and she checks, and I bet 2,000 into the dry side pot, just in case she has a flush draw. This will fold out her flush draw, I believe. She calls. Okay, she doesn't have a flush draw, I don't think. The river, however, is the seven of hearts, completing the front door flush, and she's all in for about $5,000. Holy fuck. What a weird spot. I have trips. Is she bluffing? That's the. Does she have any bluffs in her range? No, she has none. She called, she called my bet on the flop. Sure, she could have some floats in there, but then when Danny goes all in and I call and she calls, she's got no bluffs. She got no like crazy floats. And then she calls the 2K on the turn in the dry side pot. 
She's got a fucking hand. And I have to decide, like, you know, I was just going to check back the river. Probably I was going to check back the river on a heart. But I think, I thought the whole time she kind of had trips and that, you know, with the ace and the king out there, we're going to be chopping. But she goes all in on the heart. This is tough. If I've been running well and crushing, it's not that tough. Um, you know, I just, I haven't figured it out. But I'm not, and this is, this is going to be brutal. If I call and lose to king-queen is a hand I'm a little bit concerned with. Um, but then I'm wondering, would she always just call my bet on the flop and just call my call of Danny's all-in on the flop with king-queen? Or would she go for it then? Is she a little concerned about her kicker? And 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 when she raised the turn with a boat, I think a decent amount of time she would have played flop differently with King Queen. And and some some of the time she would have played turn differently. So I just decide that I'm calling the chop, but it's worth it. There's so much money in the pot, it's fucking worth it. If I get bluffed out here, it's gonna suck. It's gonna bother me. I I I like, I like spewing around. I like, you know, making the game fun, but I like making good decisions in big spots. And I said, I'm calling the chop. And she had a chop. And most people wouldn't ship her hand on the river when the heart gets there. So it was just a really interesting hand. And I, I chopped it with her. And, you know, she put me in a tough spot, give her credit. But uh, I passed the test. And this is... I think that's the difference between B minus and B plus is that like that's a really good call on the river. And it's not just being a station. It's no, I'm, I'm in no mood to be a station. So that was kind of cool. And then I get another pretty good spot where I call Nick's raise. I have ace 10. It comes 10, 9, 7. DK jams and Nick calls for like, you know, a thousand or a little more. And I have top top. And you're thinking, well, what's Nick preflop razor? And he calls here. Shouldn't I be worried about overpairs? Yeah, I mean, I should be a little bit concerned. But Nick does raise suited connectors a lot. And so he could have a worse 10. He could have 9-8. Um, and so I call. And, and it turns out I was up against 10-8 and 9-8. Uh, DK had 10-8 and... Nick had 9-8. So I was the favorite three ways with top top, 6,400 in the middle, and they both rivered an eight. So DK got a much-needed triple up, and it's okay. You know, I was 51% equity. They they were they were whatever else, sharing the rest of the 49% uh, on the flop. So you're a flip, and, you know, 6,400 in there. Flip against three people, that's good. But lost it, and it's okay. Had I folded the trips and then this happened, I probably wouldn't have been as okay. And then when I was reviewing the session, I saw in the chat, someone said I angled Lulu. That's fucking hilarious. I, I wish the moderators would be more aware of people claiming people are angling or cheating. Like, that shit is reckless and infuriating. I don't angle anyone. I don't cheat anyone, you motherfuckers. Okay. Top pair on a pretty scary board. 
I just bet it and, and trust that I'll make a good decision against some aggression. The aggression never comes. I win $2,000. And then Karen opens to 600 Wow. That's a 12.5x, I think. Yeah. You know, 10, 20, 40, 20. She opens to 600 Well, we're playing the seven deuce game, and I think she has seven deuce. But she's wild. I don't know if, like, me three betting this will we'll even get her out. She might just jam. Yeah. So I have 5-4 suited. So it sucks that I can't beat 7-deuce, but I'm going to call and see a flop and hope that, you know, maybe maybe I'll flop a pair and just call down. Um, or, you know, at some point I will put in a bluff if she doesn't flop a pair. Well, she flops a pair. I check. She bets 1,200. She pots it. There's not enough to go for. I, there's nothing I can do. I have to fold. And then I have a weird spot where I call with queen, six of diamonds, multi-way, and it comes ace, eight, deuce, two diamonds. And I have the second nut flush draw, and Crazy Drew goes all in, and I got all the people behind me. This spot is gross. Um, if, I had the, if I had the nut flush draw, I think I would consider jamming just to, like, in case he had a flush draw himself and just to push out any aces, but, yeah, I, I just called, and I got lucky no one jammed behind me. That, that would put me in a gross spot. And then I binked the flush. So I just ran hot there. Um, and then I played a double board PLO bomb pot. I had really good equity, but I got quartered, and that's okay. And then we got a weird spot, some divine intervention. Uh, at 2.15.27, so not even two hours in the show, I'm playing a hand against Shrimp. And he's the preflop raiser. And it comes queen, 10, 9, all clubs. I have jack, 10, no club. He bets. I could fold this, but it seems a little too strong to fold. Turns a brick. It's queen, 10, 9, all clubs. I have jack, 10. Um, turns a brick. And if he goes all in, I fold. He checks. Okay. This check should... I don't think you should. He has about he has about pot behind in his stack. I don't think. I don't think there's any. I mean, there's some, but not much merit to check a good hand, a made hand here. So I thought about just going all in and protecting against like Ace King, Ace Jack, you know, with a club. But I decided to pot control instead. Check back. You don't. You don't need to like. You know, he, he's a very creative player as well. So I check back, and the river's a queen, and he jams for, well, he doesn't jam yet. What he does is says, I need some divine intervention. And this woman comes up on stage, and she's the shrimp shaman. I don't know what that means. I asked, are you God? And she just smiled. And, and, she says shrimp them or something, you know, that they had, they had you know, rehearsed. And he, and he goes, I'm all in. Okay, of course this seems strong. This seems strong, right? You got someone on the stage, you're super confident. Anyone else, I think I'm just saying, wow, that's a crazy check on the turn, but you must have it, I fold. Shrimp's a little bit different. The last time we played, he jammed huge on Nate Hill in a spot where no one bluffs. And... I could easily have a queen here, 
So it's not a it's not a an over bluffed spot, but this guy is different, and he's capable. And he's also capable of running a big bluff and holding his shit together and not being nervous. So I just decided I like things to make sense. I like lines to make sense. And yeah, he seems super confident and he brought this woman up on stage. She might be God. I don't even know. And the turn check is just so insane if you have a good hand. It's just so fucking insane um, that, that I paid it off. He had queen 10. He had, he had top two. If, if you squeeze preflop with queen 10, you get the queen 10, 9, all clubs, you bet and get called, and the turn's an X, and you have less than pot behind, you jam. You jam here 100 out of 100 times, but but maybe he didn't because like there's not any value checking to me, and like I'm going to take my free card with all my draws. It's just, it doesn't make sense unless you're trying to set up this moment for a live stream and it was okay. I don't mind it. Luckily, I've been doing well in other hands, and his his turn check makes no sense. And, and I I know Charlie was saying like, oh, this is, um, you know, this is a fold. This is the most comfortable anyone's ever looked. And the chat is, you know, they always follow the commentator. No one's addressing his fucking check on the turn, which is complete insanity. You don't check value on the turn with less than pot. You blow the pot. It comes queen ten nine. You bet get called queen 10 nine all clubs you bet and get called and the turns a brick you don't check two pair or a set and then you know maybe you could check the nut flush or, or something like that but that's you know not many combos there and certainly you don't just automatically jam the river when the top card pairs with the nut flush you have to think for a second so from a hand reading perspective I didn't even hate it. I didn't, and it was just weird having God up on stage. Um, and then I have a weird hand against Karen where someone limps. I raised to 140. She goes to 280. And I call with ace four offsuit like a gentleman. And it comes 10, um, 10, five deuce or something like that. And uh, 10, five deuce. Yeah. And I, I, she checks back, and, and I bet I have a gutter, and uh, I think just a gutter and an overcard on the turn. And I overbet, and she calls, and she just had sixes. It was just a weird hand. And then two hours into the show, I get a Mariano hand. And God is still up on stage, and I have not had a hand like this in years, I don't think. This is a Mariano hand. This is a Garrett Adelstein hand. This is a Cia Labat hand. This is, uh, you know, fill in the blank with whatever Sunrunner you want. And I need another sip of coffee before I tell you about it. So 2.28, only two hours in. I raise with Ace-King. And I'm in early, mid, I don't remember exactly. But I'm not in late position. And, and anytime you're in early or mid position, you have to think about limping to, to limp re-raise. Because if you raise and it's kind of a, a passive lineup, they're just all going to call and now you're playing a fucking six-way pot and good luck navigating those. Especially with a hand like Ace-King offsuit. 
You flop one pair. Do they flop two pair? Do they have an open-ender that they're, they're fucking with you with? It's just, it's madness. But this table is aggressive enough, pre-flop, that you raise hoping to get three-bet so you can four-bet. If you think they're just all going to call, well, then you limp, and then one of them raises, they all call, and then you get to pop it and either take down the dead money or isolate or whatever. So you always, or I do anyways, I look down a hand like that early position, and I was like, eh, I don't know. Like, do I want to limp re-raise, or do I want to raise and hope someone three bets? I decided to raise and hope someone three bet. They didn't. They all called. So... There's $1,000 in the middle. This is a multi-way bloater. Just a single raised pot. And it comes queen, 10, 5 with two diamonds. I have a draw of the nuts. I need a jack that is not a diamond. Nick bets $1,000 in, sorry, $100 into $1,000. What the fuck is this? This is wild. Um, Fadi raises to 400 Well, I have two overs and... Uh, a gut shot to the nuts. You, you don't usually call with, with two overs and a gut shot to the nuts against a bet and a raise, but when the bet is one-tenth the pot and the raise is not even like a half-size pot bet had someone done that, well, the, yeah, you definitely call. You just say it doesn't matter that it's a bet and a raise. It's just the amounts are so tiny. DK calls and Kevin calls and Nick calls. Holy shit, we have a, we've got a fucking bloater here. The turn is the Mariano card. And as soon as it comes out, I look up at the woman behind. Shrimp, is she God? Because this has not been my experience at the poker tables in a very, very, very long time. Maybe maybe over a decade. Yeah, this reminds me of like my first heater, this card. The Jack of Hearts. Oh my God. I have the nuts. And there's two flush draws out there. And no one ever believes me in general. This is insane. Fadi bets fifteen hundred. Okay, in a super multi-way pot, if you raise here, it looks strong. I don't like defining my hand too often, but the board is too wet. It doesn't matter if you look strong; you're still going to get called by draws and, and and equity. And I raised the forty-five hundred. I mean, this isn't the most balanced raise of all time. It's going to have. I mean, we're we're, in, we're fucking deep. It's just, it's not balanced. This ain't, this ain't balanced. This is this is pretty nutty. But it doesn't matter because there's all these draws and you got to protect and charge and all that. Well, DK goes in the tank. And Kevin, it's not his turn yet, but he doesn't know DK has a hand. Says, I'm all in. Whoa. 10K or so. DK looks at him and says, oh. And folds. Kevin's all in. Foddy's all in after Nick folds. Holy shit. You can see I squint like, do I have the nuts? You always want to check to make sure you have the nuts when you're putting in 12,000 or whatever. I do have the nuts. And I'm up against 9-8. So Kevin is drawing dead. And Foddy has queen jack. He has top two. So that that that's not a bad situation at all. There's 35K in the middle and... What, what am I fading? Four outs. So I'm a 90-10 favorite. And uh, I hold. The river completed one of the flushes. 
It was, I think, the Deuce of Diamonds. And the five seat, my card's already face up. You know, in a spot like this, I'm not slow rolling or anything like that. But DK, like, slams the table. You folded diamonds? He folded diamonds. Wow. He also folded open ender, it turns out. Wow. Let's look at the butterfly effect in this hand. Just for a little fun exercise on variance. So I opted to raise instead of limp. If I limp and no one raises, Vertucci flopped top two, by the way. He probably still bets 100, even if the pot's like 300, 200. And then Fadi's raising, he had queen jack. And I'm gone with my limped ace-king. I'm gone. So had I just limped and they all limped, um, I, I probably wouldn't have seen the turn. And had someone three bet and I four bet, we probably wouldn't even, you know, none of these hands might even be in there. But since I raised and they all called, that's set up this very beautiful thing. It put all this shit in motion. Now, on the flop, queen, 10, five, two dimes and a heart. Nick bets 100 into 1,000. I don't know. I don't know what that is. Is it? Is he trying to induce a raise? Because it'll work. Sometimes people do this with a monster. Just, you know, stoke the fire a little bit. Is it brain freeze from Robex? I don't know. 100. Okay. Fadi, 400. Oh, he's bloating. This one with top pair and a jack kicker. I'm going to call because, as mentioned, there was a 1,000 in there before the flop. So now there's 1,500 in there, and it's 400. And, yeah, it sucks if it gets back to Nick in any three bets, but that's going to take a strong hand, a real strong hand. And it's clear Fadi likes his hand, so, you know, he's blocking some of the strong hands. Okay, now DK calls, Kevin calls, and Vertucci had Queen-10. Top two, queen, 10, five, two diamonds. He just calls. What? He bet 10% of the pot and just called the raise that got called cold in three spots. Butterfly effect. I think normally he bets more. If it gets raised, I'm gone. Or normally if he bets this tiny bet to, to get someone to raise light, it's an automatic three bet spot. Automatic with top two. But maybe he's running into too many sets lately or whatever. He just calls, and that leaves me in the hand to hit that dream turn card, the jack. That jack gave Kevin a straight. Kevin was gambling with 9-8. He, he could have been gone um, many times in the hand. Had someone three-bet preflop, he'd be gone. Had, uh, you know, had Nick squeezed on the flop, we both be gone, but he's in there, and now he makes a straight, and that's a good hand. And this jack gives Fadi top two, and now Nick has you know top and third pair. Checks to Fadi, but it's fifteen hundred. I do not slow play here, just because the board's so wet. Even though sometimes you just like the poker purist in me likes to be balanced in in just about everything I do. Um, and that might sound opposite of what I say. Well, I guess I guess I should say when when I when I put a lot of money in, I like to be balanced. 
And unless I'm against, you know, someone heads up that I can exploit. But I, I like to have bluffs in my, I guess I should say I like to have bluffs in my range. And I don't. I don't have any fucking bluffs in my range. And I don't even have many value hands in that $4,500 range that aren't ace-king. To be honest, I just don't. Because we're too deep for me to overplay something against all these fucking opponents. You know, one might have a straight. Then I'm just pouring in money unnecessarily instead of if I have a set, you know, or, or, a, or a flush draw or whatever instead of trying to bink. So it doesn't matter, though. You, you got to raise when there's all these. And Kevin doesn't see DK's ca cards, and he goes all in out of turn by accident. And I think DK would have called the 4,500, but he folds because Kevin goes all in. And most people, that would that would encourage them to get the money in. Oh, wait, this other guy's going all in? I got to get all in there with my combo draw. I'm getting great odds. DK's just like, oh, I don't want to play for 10K or whatever. Butterfly effect. He's gone. His card hits. I would have got fucked. Instead, I win a 35K pot and... I personally did nothing. No, I mean, I guess like I went against my, you know, I like having bluffs in my range all the time. Well, I don't. When I made a 4,500, it was just, let's charge these motherfuckers. And I just ran like Mariano or, or, or whoever else is a sun runner. And I looked up at that woman above shrimp. I said, if you had something to do with that, uh, thank you. And you can have a Corona if you'd like. Another sip of coffee. Pocket jacks against shrimp. I navigate this one pretty well. He he's he's tough to play against. Um, then I lose two thousand and a double war PLO bomb pop, but it was just automatic. I saw someone named Jerry Tuji being a super hater on me in the chat. Good for you, Jerry. Um, I made trips under trips. Yeah, I had the king four offsuit. People talk about reverse implied odds and. Of playing trashy hands like that and I realized them in his hand but the problem was the guy who had me beat Kevin he wasn't the one betting it was Karen and her hand didn't make any sense to me and so I overcall getting an amazing price and I was out kicked with trips fucking magic and then I three bet with ace queen and I got Fadi isolated I'm in position comes king 10 eight he checks I bet small turns an ace I check back and the river's a break, and he bets a thousand. I just call. He flopped a set. Okay, so I, I lost two k in a double board PLO bomb pot that was automatic. Um, I got trips under trips, and someone else doing it that I lost a few thousand, and then I lost a couple thousand here, maybe a little more. So I just lost like eight k back real quick, and that's because magic was in the box, and it's all it's all pretty good. Uh, there's, there's nothing to worry about in any of these hands. It's just variance. But, you know, I, I had that, I had that, that huge one that, that kind of trumps everything on this night. And I got max value with sevens. I called with sevens on ace, 10, nine, eight, two diamonds. The rivers of jack of diamonds. I was just pretty sure my opponents didn't have, um, diamonds and didn't make a ton of sense for them to have a queen. So I went ahead and bet it with the the small, the idiot end of the straight when there's three diamonds out there. I got called by ace, deuce, and and two pair. Max value. And then I king 10 against shrimp. He had king jack. We chopped. I, I got a nice run out to chop. He had me out kicked. And I faded DK on the side pot. 
he went all in with a flush draw and he missed. So run good, run bad, run good, run bad, run insane hot in the in the big one, run bad, run bad, run bad, run good in a couple spots, um, nothing for a while, and um, flop trips again. I was up against ace high, but it's always nice to flop trips. Um, and I had a really weird hand against Lulu. I think I straddled for 100, and she raised the 600, and I called with king-queen offsuit. And it came ace-king-6, and I checked, and she bet, and I called. It's just, you know, heads up. The turn's a 7, and, and yeah, this, this flop and this board favors her. I check, and she bet, and I wanted to continue because she's just barreling off here. But I did this before, and she just had, like, top pair no kicker and just she just doesn't she's going for it. so i folded and she and it turns out she had pocket jacks i don't know what she was doing i mean i guess she's turning him into a bluff and that's pretty advanced so give her give her credit i got max value with kobe i called um with four deuce on 10 9 4 because i thought my opponent kevin was on a draw and he was and the turn was a nine and i called again and the river was a four and i checked um, or maybe he checked back to nine. The river's a four, and I checked. I wanted him to bluff, and he did. He bluffed it off with queen high or whatever. And I, I was, you know, I, I played my B-plus game. Um, I flopped top pair again, and I won the minimum versus Kevin this time because he bet out a turn, and I just felt like I was having a good night. He wasn't. I don't need to, like, I don't need to go crazy here. Um, I flopped top pair against Shrimp, who flopped a set, but he got greedy. Um, he checked the turn, and, and I remember that he, he likes to check the turn with his monsters, right? Remember, it's queen 10, and the river was a brick, and he bet 4K, and I, my cards were in the muck before his four green chips even settled on the felt. And I said, we're not playing the pocket 10s bounty game, and he had pocket 10s. So I was pretty locked in, and then Danny really wanted to play after the stream this time because he was stuck, right? And so... I really want to play the week before, and, and only Nikos and, and Morris obliged. But, you know, I'm the host. The rules aren't the same for everyone. Okay, we'll play for a dealer. Um, I had 70% VPIP. I can still play my B plus at 70%. 21% preflop raise. And part of that 70% is I, I got dealt cards. So it's not like I was forcing. Yeah, I mean, I guess if I'm calling 320 with queen five offsuit. Yeah, I'm giving a lot of action. But afterwards, DK went on an insane heater in the 40 minutes. I think he was stuck 20K or whatever. He won. He won. He put a hot one on me, just chasing me down with a gut shot and binked. And he put an even hotter one on shrimp where he just had like an under pair and binked it on the turn. And I still won $20,100. And I'll take it. It's a drop in the bucket when you're on a downswing and a makeup, but I'll take it. And it's time to run through my goals for this year. There are three numbers, 60, 120, 240. I want to win 60% of my sessions on stream because I have two backing corporations, one that backs me when I play on both streams, and it's just a, a percentage, and it goes to makeup. And the other one is just um, you know buying a piece of me each time I play and no markup because you're at a certain level on Patreon. And it's important that I earn for those people because it's it's just, you know, it's the right thing to do and it's part of my business model. I want to win 60% of sessions. I figure the money will take care of itself. But 
Um, I've won six out of 10 sessions this year. That's 60%. So hit the first number. I want to get to 120K debt. I had well over a quarter million when I hit rock bottom. Well over a quarter million debt when I hit rock bottom in 2017. It stayed there, even got a little bit higher for the first four or five years of this comeback. Um, or four years, and then I made a lot of ground up um, when I got things going, playing on stream and whatnot. Got it down to like 110, and then life kind of fell apart, to be honest, after the Jack 4, after being accused of, of being a scumbag, cheater. I don't know why that hurts me so much, but it does. I mean, it's the, the furthest thing from the truth. Um, Self-destructive people don't fuck other people over. That's the best thing about us. We fuck ourselves over. We don't fuck anyone else over. We don't, it's, not, it's not how we, we operate. At our best, we're selfless. At our worst, we're self-destructive. We never fuck others over. You know, like the narcissists out there and the fucking <coughs> sociopaths and <clears throat> whatever else. Um, so, yeah, the, the debt went back up and it's at 190.275. So I've shaved off a couple thousand this year and you know i'm not winning in poker even when i'm winning because i gotta get out of makeup but um you know i I did win a little bit on the 49ers and that was cool i mean (laughs) the chiefs and that was cool and whatever that's the number for now the last one so 60 120 240 last one's 240 pounds i was 257.1 at last check i got on the scale today and either I gained too much weight, I broke the scale, or it's out of batteries. So I don't know. Um, and just as a reminder, for less than $5 a month, you, you get lots and lots of content. You pretty much get my whole life story. Um, not only this podcast, but my mental health podcast as well. And I don't know, maybe consider signing up if you like this content, if you like my storytelling. Um, if If... In the last, you know, 58 minutes, you haven't thought about your own shit. You've just been thinking about um, what I've been telling you about. That's a nice escape. I don't know. Just maybe consider signing up. Patreon.com slash DGAF Poker Player. It's super easy and it's super cheap. Happy Valentine's Day.